Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. <laughs> Gone with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Then a $10.2 million lawsuit was put up by Lewis Black, who had asked Spotify to remove his work from the service, claiming it was time for the company to quote recognize that a joke is as powerful as the lyric of a song, which by the way, they pay for. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Well, look, we're one show away from getting into our end-of-the-year stuff where we do a couple Christmas shows. That's the thing about radio. Radio stations need Christmas shows because none of the jocks want to work, so they need to fill it up. So we always do two Christmas shows, so we'll start that next week. Yay. Then we do a show at the end of the year of everybody who passed that year. Then we have the cocktail show at the beginning of the year. So this is sort of the last not obvious topic for the year. What would you call this? Well, I I don't know. The in last betwe- in-betweener? I like that. This was supposed to be an interview, but the interview fell through. Uh oh. And we had today blocked out to record. So run to the interweb and see if you can't find something to talk about. I actually found three things to talk about. There's a little bit with uh, copyright. And there's a little bit with ownership other than copyright. So let me throw a few things at you. And what it is, is are all three things that are going to have to be played with by either copyright or ownership rights in 2023. And I just want to kind of throw it out there to find out what you think, what the audience thinks and all of that. Now, there's a real interesting thing going on right now with what's known as AI extractors. Have you ever heard of that? No. All right. I don't think so. I only found one person at school. He's the new guy that runs a radio station. Todd has left us to become president of Uruguay. And now we've got Nathan running the station. And Nathan's a good guy. And I was talking to him about this. And he said, no, these these AI extractors aren't very good. I said, oh, you've used them. He said, oh, yeah, they're free online. They're just not very good. And every time somebody talks about a technology that is, quote, not very very good. Yeah. I like to point out John Madden football. When it first came out, it was not six, very good. Yeah, it was 16-bit little you were you were it was like playing that football game that was handheld that was the little lights on the screen. Yeah. And today you can choose the color of the sweat that's coming out of them. I think that was the NBA version of it where with Gatorade they made a deal. You could choose they're, you know, these guys drink Mountain Blue Explosion Death Dog, Ooh. and their sweat would be blue. So it, it's going to get better, but here lies the problem. An AI extractor is this. What I do is I go 
and I take a song, say a Van Halen song, okay? And I want from the song just the guitar part. Mm -hmm. So what the AI extractor will do is listen to it and pull the guitar part out and then hopefully recreate it. Now, what a lot of people are using it for right now is they want their guitar to sound like this guy. So it'll pull it out and it'll show you all of the EQ that's in it. It'll show you all of the different levels that are in it. And like Nathan said, they aren't wonderful right now, but they're starting to run into copyright problems uh -oh. because let's say I take a song and I go to an AI extractor and I pull out the bass and I use that bass part in order to create a new song. Right. Can I claim ownership of that song? No. But I wrote everything but the bass part. No, I don't I don't think so. And the reason I brought that up was because Ghostbusters has exactly the same bass part yes. as uh, I Want a New Drug by Huey Lewis. Mm -hmm. However, according to the world, it's not owned by anybody but Ray Parker Jr. Right. Oh. So therein lies the question. Now, here's yet another question, and we'll get into this in a second. The idea of, let's say, an AI extractor takes it, a computer, mm -hmm. then it takes it and creates a song off of it. Who owns the copyright? Uh, a lot of people. You sure? Multiple people. Can a computer own a copyright? Oh, he shouldn't be able to. There's a human at the end of that somewhere. Yeah. Except, except one does. No. Oh, it's going to get good. We're going to play songs today that deal with the idea of computers taking over the world and such. Dire Straits had it way back in the 80s and 90s. Industrial disease uh, here on Rock School. Coming out of industrial disease, we're talking about these AI extractors or what the RIAA 
calls a notorious market. You see, the RIAA, the Record Industry Association of America, those are the people who are sort of keeping an eye on this world of music creation. Every year submits a list of these, quote, notorious markets to the U.S. Trade Representative. And it's mainly what you think. It's hacking, it's pirating, it's torrents, it's copying, it's file sharing. Except this year, these AI extractors came in. And like Nathan, the guy who runs the station here in town, he said it's they're just not very good. But they're going to get better, and they're going to get better very fast. Now, let's say I use the AI extractor. And again, let's say I use a piece of music from Van Halen. And instead of extracting the guitar and using it exactly as it is, I extract the guitar, and then I have a computer listen to it, and the computer tells me, hey, these are probably the EQ settings. Uh-huh. Hey, this is probably the reverb setting. This is probably the delay setting. This is probably the what the hey. So now I have my instrument sounding exactly like that person's instrument. Ooh. Now, can I use that guitar sound, write a song with it, and own the song? Yes, you can. Right. That one, I think, is absolutely true because you can't copyright a sound. If you did that, how many people would sound like Eddie Van Halen's guitar? True. How many people would this and that? And there are, right now, there's software plugins. My buddy Dave, who helped me build the studio, he has a plugin that will listen. As long as you can get the guitar by itself, uh-huh. you like at the beginning of something, get the guitar by itself. It can do exactly what I just said. But if you put it into an AI extractor, it doesn't matter. It will be able to split them all apart so that you can you can pull out pretty much what you want now according to the united states government you see this is all going to come up according to the united states government can an ai own a copyright well you said yes earlier well the answer according to copyright law is no but hang on, I've got the I've uh-huh. got the thing I'm talking to you about. It says here, quote, under copyright law, items are technically not subject to copyright protection. Only, quote, original works of authorship are considered. To qualify as a work of authorship, a work must be created by a human being. Uh-huh. That's according uh-huh. to U.S. Copyright Office Compendium Chapter 300, Copyrightable Authorship, What Can Be Registered. <sighs> I've actually read, because of teaching it, yeah. the vast majority of copyright law. Oh, God, oh, how boring. Oh, jeez. Huh? Ridiculous. Uh, however... Despite the popular misconception, the U.S. Copyright Office has not ruled against copyright on AI artworks. It has simply ruled out copyright registered to an AI as the author instead of a human being. So let's say a person creates something, a song, a what have you. And he creates it using a software program that he used. And the software program did the thinking. He fed it every Andy Warhol picture possible. Right. The computer program that he wrote looked at them all and then created a new piece. Mm-hmm. Who owns it? Mm. 
goodness. Who owns it? Who do you think owns it? I think a human being owns it. So the person who wrote the program. It has to be. Okay. You sure? No. When we get back, I'll tell you about that. Hey, by the way, can you own life? What do you mean? And I mean, can you own life? They played around with this in the movie The Truman Show. Right. Where a, a broadcast network literally adopted and owned a human being. Mm-hmm. And then created this world, and we just watched him do all that stuff. Which to me was always funny with The Truman Show. We've all done horrifically embarrassing things when we were young. I know we could, in The Truman Show, I uh-huh. know we could see in his bathroom... So, did we get to watch everything? Oh, I hope not. Mm, That's always bothered me about the movie. Here's David Lee Roth. This was way back at the beginning of the internet. And when he was saying these things, they were real hip and cool. Now they're like Netscape stuff. Yeah. Here's Dave on Rock School. Long talk, long song. So we're going straight into the break. I talked about this idea about a computer creating a piece of art. Well, in September of this year, a New York-based artist named Chris Kashtanova, K-A-S-H-T-A-N-O-V-A, Kashtanova. Yeah. He received a U.S. copyright registration on a graphic novel named Diffusion AI. Pardon me, I got that wrong. Zara of the Dawn. The name of the program was Diffusion AI. Zara of the Dawn is his his doing. However, the artwork has a large bit that is generated completely by AI. Hmm. This guy did it on purpose to prove a point. Really? So he was quite upfront with the fact that he was widely assisted by an AI art program. Still, he owns the copyright. Should the U.S. government have given him a copyright? No, he didn't write the program. No. 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 He should have put pen to paper and that should have been it. I think so. Well, here's the question. What if he used, say, Photoshop or some other program, Paint? Mm -hmm. No one would use that. But let's say he used it Uh and he created it. Didn't the computer help him with that? Well, of course it did. Okay, so if he created it in Photoshop, that's good. But because an AI helped him, it's not? Ah. 
See? See what I mean? This stuff keeps going. He was granted the copyright. Oh, yeah? The, the problem is he's made a big stink about it, and it's only a matter of time before somebody comes up and just takes the copyright away. Oh. I, that's what I think, at least. Who's going to take it away? The government. Oh, okay. Because it's not all you. I thought you meant another person was going to come along and like... Punch him and take it? Yeah. Yeah. Steal it. No, 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 no. (laughs) But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. How long before authors of software are granted copyright on the machine or what the machine did? So here's the thing. Let's say I use Photoshop to create a really neat piece of artwork. I turn it into an NFT and it sells for 11 bajillion dollars. Can the people of Photoshop come back and say, you used our program to create this 70 gajillion dollar piece of artwork? We want a part of it. I don't think so because you pay Photoshop. No, you don't. You pay the money. You realize, of course, you don't buy Photoshop anymore. You rent it. Okay, so you're you're renting it. They're not going to be able to come and take any of that. I don't know. I get the feeling that when something is created through Photoshop, sooner or later, Mm -hmm. they're going to show up with a bevy of lawyers. Yeah. And they're going to claim a work for hire. You used our stuff. No. So we want the gajillion dollars. I don't, I don't see that because yeah. they get money. They get your money all the time. Oh, see, I believe it's only two, three years before AR, AI, pardon me, can start registering as an actual human. And I say that because when you turn something into an LLC, uh-huh. let's say you and I start a program or yeah, not a program, but a, a business. And what we do is we turn it into an LLC, a limited liability corporation in the eyes of the law. An LLC is a person. Yeah. It can, the LLC can enter into contracts. It can this, it can that. And somebody is going to claim that and say, well, why can't my machine own something? Because I LLC'd it. It's a person. Well, you may be telling the truth because look at all the LLCs that are buying up properties all across the U.S. Oh, the rentals? And, And you have no idea who, who they are. Who they are right. and who you're renting a house from. Right. You're paying your check to the LLC. Now, here's the question. Can an LLC, can an AI actually be life to the point where you actually will own life? Can that happen? I don't even know what that means. If you talk to Monsanto and ConAgra, uh-huh. they own seed patents. Okay. Isn't that life? Isn't a new kind of corn life? Okay. They own it. I know it's not a person, it's not a salamander, it's not a what have you. The fact still remains, a seed company owns something that is alive. Gotcha. So if that's the truth, why can't the alive thing own something that it made? Stop scaring me, man. Hey, I'm, I'm telling you, in the next two, three years, it's going to get to that point. Somebody is really going to bring this home that it can I own this? My God, we Can better go buy that. We better go buy the food, you know, that uh, uh, will keep us for two years. Oh, the prepper food? Yeah, prepper food. <laughs> yeah. We who's, better get some now. We'll go to a whole new topic after this. What's the What's the person who's listening to us? W-A-M-C-E. Erie, PA. I'll bet they're LLC. They own life. They own their disc jockeys. Back in a minute here in Rock School.
Coming out of the break, new topic, something else that the government is going to have to deal with in the future. Tammy, do you consider lyrics a written word? Yes. Okay. Can lyrics be copyrighted? Yes. Okay. Do you consider comedy, meaning a comedian, what he or she says, do you consider that a written word? Yes, totally, totally. Do you believe that a lyric can be both written and performed? Yes. Do you believe that a comedy act can be both written and performed? Yes. Okay, I'm with you completely. Should those two groups of words have equal protection under the copyright registration? Yes. They don't. What? What do you mean they don't? They don't. What? Why? And it has started all kinds of people throwing stuff around. In December of 2021, we're talking about a year ago, Spotify got rid of a crap load of podcasts. Okay, fine. Joe Rogan upset the world and blah, blah, blah. However, nice and quiet. They also got rid of spoken word performances, i.e. comedy, they considered offensive. Anything that they thought could have some racism, a Holocaust denial, far-right anti-Semitic conspiracy, blah, 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 blah. They also, because of it, got rid of a bunch of comedy. Because comedy, if it makes fun of something that makes you uncomfortable, all the better. I think it's part of the pitch. So, if you think of a song, it has two levels of copyright. There is the recording. That's the finished song, the the end thing, the MP3. Then there's the composition. This is the ownership and the authoring of the song. What Spotify did was dropped the comedy bits, which, by the way, is perfectly legal. It's their site. They can do as they please. But they dropped the comedy bits because they were concerned by the podcast investigation. Why? Well, when a comedian uploads the performance, like he performs at what have you, and records it, and then puts it up. When he uploads the performance, or she uploads the performance, they are in essence uploading a recording, and it is copyrighted as a completed song. With me so far? Yeah. One level. However, they do not have to upload a copyright for the material found within so they don't have an equal to composition, meaning they can't get paid on the writing or the performance of it. But a person who writes a song can following me and it's it's getting uh, cloudy and you say well so what just give it to them well copyright doesn't cover it Mm. and in order because what happened i'm going to tell you about in a little bit lawsuits start flying you're not paying me as much as those who are creating music Uh well you don't have that level and the comedians are saying yes i do And the problem is that Pandora and Spotify, rather than attempting to create it, how many times have we said this about people in schools? They don't want to fix problems. Right. They want them to go away. Right. They would rather expel a student than to fix the student problem and go forward. True. That's what these two are doing. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it. It is 
big names in comedy that are doing this. And the problem is, instead of the streaming services saying, yeah, we'll work with you and them getting money. Nope, they just cut them off. No way. No way. All right, let's play a song. 20th Century Boys, T-Rex on Rock School. Talking about something that the copyright people at the government are going to have to deal with in 2023 in February of this year, 2022, Pandora, the streaming service, was sued by Robin Williams, George Carlin and Andrew Dice Clay, to which you say, well, wait a minute, only Andrew Dice Clay is alive of those. Yes, the families of the comedian brought the concerns. It stated just what we said in the last break. You will give it a performance license, meaning their performances, but you won't give it the underlying license. Then a $10.2 million lawsuit was put up by Lewis Black, who had asked Spotify to remove his work from the service, claiming it was time for the company to, quote, recognize that a joke is as powerful as the lyric of a song, which, by the way, they pay for. Right. Do you believe that a joke is as important and impactful as the lyric of a song? Absolutely. Okay. Well, look, there's two major licensing firms for comedy. That's Word Collections and Spoken Giants. Both are gearing up for a fight. Both have done all kinds of money. So here's my question. Why not take what you're getting and run? Because a comedian may not be getting anything in terms of that performance and such because what they have done may be owned by somebody else. This is why they're so upset. The idea being, you you know that except for some very few artists. Don McLean owns his own song. Prince has owned his own songs. Most songs are owned by a publishing company. So when Robin Williams or George Carlin or whomever upload a comedy piece to Pandora, Pandora or Spotify, mm-hmm. what could be happening is that they, meaning the comedian or the family of the comedian, don't own that performance at all. It's owned by a publishing company. Well, how in the world are they supposed to make money? By the underlining copyright, meaning you can copyright a lyric and you can copyright the performance. Except a comedy piece does not underlie copyright the reading or the writing of it. Now, who's going to win? Well, Pandora has put up Uh, A counterclaim to Spoken Giants claiming that this Spoken Giants was amassing a monopoly and a judge completely dismissed the countersuit out of hand. So this looks like a win for the comedians. Or is it? 
will continue on with that. How about you in the audience? What would you do? I'm dead serious. Would you just simply pay the comedians twice? Or is the performance all that a comedian gets? The writing of the jokes is not. Does that make sense? Totally. <sighs> Bottom of the hour. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Here are the dates for 70 days. Well, I like that. 70 that days take, and 70 seconds. That would take a long time. Seven days and 70 seconds. December 5 all the way through December 11th. You got Monday, Tammy. Do it. December 5, 1980. Speaking with Rolling Stone's Jonathan Cott, John Lennon gives his last print interview in you know what? He's killed three days later. That's right. December 6, 1969, the Altamont Free Motor Speedway concert starring the Rolling Stones occurs. December 7, 1956, Alan Freed's Rock, 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 one of the earliest rock and roll movies, opens in theaters. On December 8, 1980, as Tammy alluded to in her first Monday read, John Lennon is assassinated outside of the Dakota in New York City. The killing is first announced by Howard Cosell on Monday Night Football. How strange was that, huh? Yep. yep. December 9, 1965, Charlie Brown Christmas makes its debut airing on CBS in place of The Monsters. Yeah. December 10, 2007, Led Zeppelin plays a one-off show at the O2 Arena in London, the biggest reunion show in rock history if you're talking about money. December 11th, 1961, Motown Records scores their first number one when the Marvelettes' Please Mr. Postman tops the Hot One. Got to play a song that deals with all of this computery stuff. How about Brad Paisley? Your life is better online here on Rock School. Okay, into the second break. I do have one more question about the comedians thing. Uh-huh. Do you think the comedians will win in court asking for the exact same two levels of copyright as a song? Yes. I do too. The problem is Spotify is a company that can decide what they want to run. So is Pandora. So they may not run it. Now here comes the other question that is starting to bring up. This is technically a radio show that we're doing. But do I not create a rather extensive scratch script to do it? You do. Should I be given both levels of copyright because I prepared, I thought about what I was going to say... And then I came to air and created it. Or should it be performance only because all my scratch script has is facts. I then off the cuff create the show Uh jumping from fact to fact. So... If let's pretend this is a podcast. It starts as a radio show, which is why there's music. Right. It's sent out to 32 affiliates. So, does this show get both? No. 
No. No, just the latter. Okay. So now there are how many billion podcasts? Mm-hmm. So when the podcasts begin to claim, they get both levels in the same way as the comedian. No. Do you say no, no to that? No, absolutely. Because if it's off the cuff, you don't get the first writing credit. Right. Yes, that's right. Oh, I'll make you bet that's that's the set of lawsuits that are coming. Who's listening to us on this Rock School radio show? Well, that would be WBSD Burlington, Wisconsin. I think they were our first, I'm almost positive, our first um, uh, affiliate. First love. Yeah, first love. We'll give them both of their copyright levels. Good, back in a minute here in Rock School. Coming out of the break, let's move along to our third topic. It used to be that we went through a short little blip of years that had nothing falling into the public domain. Why? Mickey Mouse. Why else? Well, I think it was two years ago it started that things were falling into the public domain. Well, every January 1st now is Public Domain Day. Yes. So January 1st, 2023 is going to come around. So what we have now are movies and songs and books from 1927. So if it came around in 1927, it will enter the public domain. Now you think... Do I care? Do I care? Yes, you do. Why would you think Mickey Mouse came about in 1927? The the very first one was called Plain Crazy. However, it was the second one that was supposedly the idea of the all singing, all dancing. I know that's MGM, but it's basically the same thing. Supposedly, it was the first cartoon to have dialogue, but the dialogue was... That was pretty much it. However, it was the idea of there was dialogue, there was sound, and it was drawn, at least, to be in the, you know, in, mm-hmm. in sync with. Okay, fine. So if you do the math, Mickey Mouse should be in the public domain. Yes? Yes. No. Why? Thanks to the Mickey Mouse Protection Act. I'm not kidding. The technical term is the Sonny Bono Term Extension Act. Oh, did Mickey have a baby? Mickey Mouse is protected not only for 27, he is protected through the end of the year. 95 years from the year in which it first appeared. He will enter the public domain on December 31st of this upcoming year. Wow. To which you say, okay, so what? Okay, fair question. Fair question. Here is the problem. In 1927 came the jazz singer. Mm-hmm. Now, it was by no means the first talking 
film. Okay. Or the first film to use vocalization and such. That was done years previous. If you would watch, you go to the movies and you'd see two movies and between them there would be some kind of a reel Uh that would show you what's happening in the war and what have you. Right. However, a record would come along and the record would have the vocal of it. So you watch the pictures and the record played. Yes. The thing is, there's no synchronization. Okay. There was for a while a, a movie called Don Juan where there was no orchestra there in the the theater. Mm-hmm. You received a record. Supposedly, Don Juan was for the longest time also a movie that had the most kissing in it of any other movie. It was meant to make women go, oh, and I guess back then it worked. But you played the record, so it was a full orchestra. But again, still no synchronization. Right. So when they say that the jazz singer is the first movie, talkie, first talkie, what they really mean is that when you're looking at the film, there it, it's for the most part a silent film. Mm-hmm. There's about five parts in it. The one time he sings Mammy, one time it's it's terribly racist terribly racist however there's another scene where he sings toot toot tootsie and i don't remember what it is always fighting the boys he's my little boy something like that i don't remember what the name of it is but toot toot tootsie was the big one and the reason it was the big one was because al jolson was sort of fighting back against the people that didn't want any sound and he would clap his hands and go you want to hear something you ain't heard nothing yet you ain't heard nothing yet you want to hear toot toot tootsie that was sort of a thumbing of the nose to the people that didn't want there to be sound. And by the way, wow. Cha- by the way, Chaplin was one that didn't want it because it destroyed his career, right? No, oh goodness, no. He had sound? one of his. He had one of his greatest sound films when he made fun of uh, Hitler, mm. and I think it was called The Dictator. But anyway, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. A record would play. There would be a little, what they called a cigarette burn yes. on the the um, film. Mm-hmm. And the person running the film would then start a record. Right. The record would play and through a variable speed knob on both the record player and the um, film projector, mm-hmm. he or she who was running that was to make the mouth line up. Yeah, try to get it right. Okay, Fine. Yes. Now here's the concern. Okay. Because it's 1927, and very soon after 1927 came the all singing, all dancing MGM musicals. Broadway Lullaby, I think, was the first one. And it was just that. It was a record and all of that. So here's the question for the copyright people. In goes the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Does the music go in as well? Yes. Okay. Well, that's what I think. But we got to play a song. Here's Rush, Vital Signs on Rock School.
Okay, last break, and we got to click along real quick, so I'll just quickly ask you the question. 1927, if it came out in 27, it is no longer in copyright, except Mickey Mouse. Thank you, Sonny Bono. But anywho, in 27, out comes the jazz singer. In the jazz singer, he sings Toot Toot Tootsie. Now, the song Toot Toot Tootsie was a hit the year before, so it was already in the public domain. So can you perform Toot Toot Tootsie? Yes. Yes, without paying royalties. Then, can you play Al Jolson's version of Toot Toot Tootsie? Yes. Yes, I think you can. But what happens if you play a version of Toot Toot Tootsie that was recorded in 1929? Can you play that? No. Absolutely not. Ain't this fun? I said MGM musicals really started after that. As a matter of fact, Broadway Melody, I think, won the Oscar for the year that it came out. MGM put out two versions of... Of Old Man River, that Old Man River. Well, there's a 1927 performance. Can you use that? Uh, no. Yes, because that's from oh, 1927. 27. Okay, yes. However, the MGM musical that everyone knows, gonna wash that man right out of my hair. No. Yeah, right? No, you can't use that. So can you sing the song? Yes. Can you play the one from 1927? Yes. Can you play the one from 1951? No. This is going to be the bane of the existence of the copyright people mm. for this year. Wow. That's that's what I think. So there you go. Three things that in 2023 are going to become pains in the copyright but the AI is going to be the fun one. It That's what Joe thinks. It really is. Sooner or later, machines are going to expect, they're going to run us, and I, for one, I welcome our computer-based overlords. I'm Joe Burns. You are? I'm Tammy Burns. Done. Class is dismissed. There's an old man called Mississippi. That's the old man that I want to be. What does he care if the world...